I'm Anthony Bachman from All Things Good and Nerdy, a geeky podcast part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 191 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we talk about those challenging conversations that can come up in podcasting. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we discuss fluency and believability. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we are asked if we ever dropped a podcast due to audio. Lauren, start the show now. This week, my computer melted down and I'm about to talk about it. Go. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 191 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and by some miracle, I am actually podcasting again this week with SP. It is not the wing dinger that I thought we were going to get to do this week, but it's another wing digger this week because Stephen has resurrected his ability to podcast from nothing to something this week. It's an incredible story. We're going to get into it in a second, but I just want to say, Hello to our listeners. It's been a great week. Got a lot of great feedback from everybody. We'll have a little bit more conversation towards the end of the show, towards some of the questions that you have asked us. And it's just—it's it, not the show that we wanted to do this week, but it's the show we're going to give you. And looking at the show notes, it's going to be a great show. So with that, I'm going to introduce this week's How I Saved My Podcast. Now, the How I Saved My Podcast segment, we start every show with it. And it's a segment in which you, our listener, come up with a How I Saved My Podcast story of how you saved your podcast, how your podcast was not going to be published, how your podcast crew was breaking up or whatever, and you fixed it and your podcast is now moving on. Every once in a while, we actually do one ourselves. We don't like doing it because it means that something's happened to our stuff. And then sometimes we choose something from the internet. Well, this week, obviously because we already talked about it. Steven has his wing dinger of a how I save my podcast story. Steven, what happened to you this week? Well, what happened was I was not going to do this podcast and I did it. And that's how I saved this podcast. In a a nutshell, you're right. But what went went wrong? Why weren't you going to do this podcast? Well, what happened was over the last little while, I've had some weird, quirky things going on. I've actually mentioned it on this very show that uh, streaming, live streaming, my editing sessions have been helping me kind of hone in on some of the problems. And I feared that it could get worse. And it did get worse because last Sunday I was trying to check out the All Things Good Nerdy live stream that's on the Gunna Geek Network uh, as I was sitting there doing some stuff on my computer on Sunday morning, and the audio was cutting out. And so I first thought, okay, maybe it's uh, Chris's end. I don't know. Maybe he's streaming something wrong. I pull up my phone. It's working fine. I'm like, oh, it's my computer. So I restart some things, and it's still doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to deal with this. So I started to continue what I was doing, which was not audio-related, and was going through all of that, moved along as much as I needed to move along, and then uh, the next day I had uh, shut down my computer overnight. And the next day I was like, well, I want to stream some stuff. I'm sitting here working at home on a Monday. And why don't I go ahead and stream a little bit of podcasting or music or whatever I can find on the Internet? And guess what? The audio was cutting out again. And what ended up happening when this occurred was I thought, Let's just go ahead and run some diagnostic tools that usually take a few hours to go. And occasionally you might have to hit a key to do something. And one of which was a memory test. And I thought, well, I'm sitting here working on my work computer. Why don't I just go ahead and run these? Because they'll just be sitting here beside me. And if I need to click a button, I can click a button. Went through, did my memory test completely fine. No problem at all. 
thought, let's go ahead and run another one because of the fact that, hey, I'm sitting here, might as well use this time while I'm here. So I boot into Windows and I burn to a USB drive, which is still actually sitting on my desk, another memory test. I rebooted and computer did not come back. What was happening was it would uh, basically get in this sort of boot loop sort of thing where it would start up. Most of the time you wouldn't see anything in the screen and it would shut right back down. About five seconds later, it would turn back up, go back up. Same thing would happen. Every now and then you would see that little screen. You know that screen when you start up a, a PC and you see press F2 or delete or whatever it is to get into the BIOS? I would see that, but I couldn't do anything because by the time I would try to do that, the computer would shut off, which meant it was not a good situation. So I do have a techie background, and what I ended up doing was first thing I did was stripped all of the cards and the hard drives and everything out of my computer. I pulled out the video cards, I pulled out my sound cards, I pulled out absolutely everything that I could because I thought it could be a failing piece of hardware. And I also, by the way, unplugged all of the individual connectors to your case. I'll leave it at that, I won't get too techy. But I, I did all of that, so it was just down to my power supply, my motherboard, and my processor, and it still was not working. Did you have the memory in or out? So I had the memory in. Sorry, the memory was in as well. Thank you for correcting okay. me on that. I appreciate that before everybody's like, well, that's your problem, Stephen. No, so the memory was in there. So I actually ended up doing a little bit of memory shuffling where I only put in one stick, wouldn't go, put in another, wouldn't go, did a third, wouldn't go, and I didn't even bother with the fourth. I'm like, okay, so this is definitely not a memory issue. So I ended up luckily having my brother come to help save me because at this point I thought, well, maybe it's the power supply, but I didn't have a spare power supply around. Well, lucky to my, for that, my brother, he's awesome. He's actually been a guest on the guineageek.com show before. He drove actually, because I, I was working, he actually drove over and really? dropped, yeah, dropped off a power supply for me to try and it did not work, which meant it was either the processor or the motherboard at this point. So I ended up uh, not really knowing which I could do and or which it was. And the problem was, if it was the motherboard, it was possibly fixable. But if it was the processor, it probably wasn't going to be worthwhile to go ahead and try to put together. I looked online and I found some boards. But the challenge that I had was that many motherboards, because my gut kind of saying motherboard at this point, was that they're either coming from China, which meant how long was it going to take for them to arrive, or... It was going to be something that was a couple weeks away, maybe coming courtesy of my good friend SP shipping it from the US, but it was still looking like a couple weeks away, everything that I found. And unfortunately, a lot of them were marked as, quote, refurbished. So you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit on there as well, because you might sit there and wait for a few weeks and then all of a sudden it's not up to snuff and you're kind of back to where you were. A little different if you're rolling the dice in town because you can find the answer right there and then. So the next day, uh, which is the Tuesday, I ended up making a few phone calls around and I was lucky enough able to find three different available boards that were used, but still they were available for a reasonable, fairly reasonable price in town. And most of them were about a 40 minute drive away, which really isn't that bad because it's not several weeks away like the other options. Wait, you can drive? in one direction on your island for 40 minutes it's just traffic it's basically you know traffic it's only like a kilometer oh. away but it's just oh, traffic. okay yeah you got, you got a stoplight every three feet okay got it i, I never said we drove modern vehicles <laughs> this is like flintstone self-powered it's a moose <laughs> you gotta but, stop for some feed every once in a while exactly yeah so i was able to find this about 40 minutes away and it was 75 bucks and i thought this isn't really the board that I want, but it's going to tell me whether I need to start shopping for a new computer because the board that I was looking at, it was what's called a micro ATX board. So those techie people know what I'm talking about. There's only two slots in there for memory, which means that it's only going to take half the amount of memory that I had because I have in my or I had in my machine 32 gigs of RAM. So this was only going to be 16 gigs of RAM and less slots as well for those sound cards with my Skype source that I've got going on. But I really wanted to know, is it my motherboard or processor? Because if it's the processor, I need to start shopping. This is going to affect my hobby. This is going to affect day-to-day -day life. This is going to affect a lot of stuff. I need to start shopping for a new computer. So I thought, 
Let's give it a try. Let's roll the dice. 75 bucks. If it works, I'll explore other options and at least I'll be back up and going. And fun fact, when I got there, I actually told the guy what was going on. And he's like, you know what? If there's a problem, let me know. You can return it. I will charge you a restocking fee because you're essentially using my hardware for your testing purposes. At that point, I'll charge you like a 20% restocking fee, but you can bring it back. And I thought, bonus, because he wins. I cut my losses fair. I thought that it was going to be a no return situation. And what you're looking at is a possibility that the processor is bad. Exactly. To be clear. So this is me buying a part, a motherboard to check whether it's the processor bad or the motherboard bad. Because if I buy the motherboard and it still doesn't work, that indicates it's the processor bad and it's just not worth replacing at that point. It's time to shop for a new computer. Now, Here's the unfortunate thing is we actually had a interview scheduled uh, that wingdinger of a show that SP was talking about. We had it scheduled for the Tuesday and this all was happening on the Tuesday, me going and trying to find a new board. So luckily, my wonderful co-host here, Stargate Pioneer, was kind enough to take the lead on emailing our guest and he emailed right away and our guest was actually very understanding of the issues and very, very polite and courteous with their response. And so, yeah, SP was able to go ahead and take the charge on that so that we could go ahead and hopefully secure that interview later. But because our schedule was kind of shaky and we didn't know, was I going to be up this week? Was I going to be up next week? The week after? Who knew? We decided just to wait and, and have that conversation later once we were back on track. So what did I learn from all of this? Because I ended up getting the board, and if you didn't gather by me being here, it worked. It was just the board that was wrong, and that's why I am recording right now, because the motherboard did end up being what was defective. I've actually got the old one sitting right here. Just, you know, if anybody's never seen really what a motherboard looks like, you can see the bane of my podcasting from the past week. It's completely useless. And so what did I learn from all of this? Wait, wait a minute. It worked. It was a Christmas in July miracle. <laughs> That's true. It was a Christmas in July miracle. Well, the first thing that I learned was don't be afraid to put your show on hold. It can happen. And honestly, with the GunnaGeek.com show, we ended up just canceling it this week because it didn't work out. And I'll get to that in a little minute. But secondly, don't be afraid to be transparent when things do come up, especially with your guests. They may understand. And that's what I learned was this guest was very understanding with us and uh, had a fun little comment with me, uh, uh, you know, to do with my machine. And we'll just leave it at that. And the third thing that I wanted to highlight was communicate with the people that you know. My brother came through on the power supply. SP came through on coordinating all of the communication with the guest and working to reschedule today's episode. This also happened the day we were supposed to be recording the GunnaGeek.com show. And while we didn't end up actually recording that due to some other issues that came up with trying to get me connected, Chris came through, my co-host over there, or SP and my co-host over there, he came through with trying to configure his end to run the GunnaGeek.com show for that week. And... Also, the guy at the store came through when I communicated by offering the option of a return with a restocking fee. So really communicating and being open and having these dialogues benefited me in many, many different ways. So don't be afraid to hide when things go or don't be afraid to show when things go wrong. Don't feel you have to hide it because it could benefit you a little bit more. And fourth, sometimes it's worth spending a bit of money to get you to the next step in order to find out what's wrong with your podcast setup. Yes, I spent $75 on this motherboard that's essentially an interim motherboard, but in the big picture, it's not a lot compared to a $1,000, $2,000 computer that I could have been buying if I didn't try to fix my current one. This can be applicable to a lot of things with podcasting like audio gear. Sometimes you have to buy something to diagnose the issue. Maybe you buy a cable to find out whether your mixer is bad. Maybe you end up having to borrow somebody else's or spend a little bit of money to try an alternative microphone to see if your mic's bad. Sometimes it's worth spending a little bit of money to see if you're in a repairable situation or you just got to go ahead and take the plunge and go new. And lastly, I should probably also work a little bit harder on having some standby solutions because we couldn't do the GunnaGeek.com show because essentially all the backup hardware that I have won't even run Skype properly. It won't even run the new version of Skype 
properly. It didn't work. I tried two different cameras and Skype is just a hog with resources now. So I should probably spend some money in the future to have something that is on backup if I really, really, really want to be able to plow through if a situation comes up with my main rig. It wasn't just Skype, though. We did try. We, we've announced on this show for the last few weeks here that Hangouts on Air is going away. But we thought, well, let's just do it one last time on the GuineaGeek.com show. His rig wouldn't even work using Hangouts on Air. So it's not just a Skype-only issue. It's everything issue that his machine wouldn't work on. So we could have maybe tried audio only, but we didn't want to do it, especially with the segment that was there. And I applaud Stephen for being able to power through this whole thing the way he did it. The machine that Stephen has, I know if you price out the components separately, it's it's not as much of a cost. But if his entire machine did go down, it would have been close to a $2,000 bill, if not higher, especially with your graphics card that you have in there right now. So you have to think in terms of the entire machine, like if the power supply was bad and it sent out a spike to everything and just ruined all the components and just it being a motherboard only solution. And let's let's talk about the two possibilities that ruined the motherboard that we have been talking about. So Stephen does not have any air conditioning where he lives because they don't need it usually, but it does get kind of hot in the summer. So for you Americans, you're talking 8085 in a few of the summer weeks. And just imagine podcasting in a closed studio when it's like 80 degrees out, 85 degrees out, something like that. Your computer is going to work extra hard trying to keep itself cool in order to maintain it. Well, if it doesn't, you start frying components, which last year when my air conditioning went out, we only turned my machine on long enough to do this show for like an hour and a half and then I shut it off until my air conditioning was fixed. I would have ruined my machine had I gone all week. So that's uh, issue number one. Issue number two could have been a faulty power supply, which there was an issue in January of 2019, just about six months ago with Steven's power supply. So one or the other probably caused this motherboard to start to go bad. And then it just went bad this week. And now he had to fix it. And I think he did a phenomenal job trying to fix it and get back podcasting. So congratulations, Stephen, on your resiliency to be able to power through it and get the computer back up in just a few days. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for your flexibility. And thanks to our listener and our viewer flexibility as well. We've mentioned this before. We usually stream this live on Wednesdays. And we were not able to do that on Wednesday. We're actually recording this on Friday, July 26th. And we've got quite a few people in the chat room and on Spreaker and everything because they all wanted to come on by and uh, watch us live. And we actually had a lot of support in our Discord as well, which you can go ahead and find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord if you want to join our community there. And I'll go ahead and just throw my motherboard as we head on to our featured segment. If you listen to last week's episode about why podcasting isn't for everyone, you probably heard the point where we said that hobby podcasters should be enjoying their show. But did you catch the part where we said that not all hobbies are fun all the time? Did you catch that? Yes, it is absolutely true. In any hobby that you do, it's not always fun all the time, especially if you're doing a hobby where you're trying to get better at something, where you're trying to improve something. And while this applies for hobbies like sports leagues, where you're trying to be the best you can be, you know, win the league tournament. If you're listening to this show, it also happens to apply for podcasting. You're probably trying to make your podcast the best it can be just by listening to better podcasting. But what happens when you have others involved in your podcast that don't share that same drive as you? How exactly do you approach these situations? And how do you best try to get the results that you want? While you hope these sorts of situations won't come up, the reality is most people who have podcasts for a while know that often the situation will come up eventually. It's important that when these situations arise that you are able to handle them in a manner that keeps things moving along with your podcast development, but also maintains the relationship Today, we're going to talk about handling these situations 
along with some examples on different things that may came up along the way. And as we go through this, we'll also share some of our personal experiences where we think it'll help. Let's kick it all off with some things in mind as you go into these conversations, because before we do get into some actual examples of some things that do come up often with podcasters, we want to talk about things that we do feel that you should keep at the front of your mind as you do approach these conversations. And first, and arguably most importantly for hobby podcasters, is that you should remember the relationships. Because often as a hobbyist, you are forming some form of relationship with the people that you're doing podcasting with. Whether it is a co-host role or elsewise, maybe you have somebody editing or producing, you're usually, if you're doing this as a hobby, building a friendship with these people. And like any project that involves friends or family, it's worth considering these relationships as you open up potentially difficult conversations about the project you're working on together. And this can actually have an impact for a few different reasons. For example, just on a basic level, it can affect the delivery and approach that you might take as you start these conversations with these people. Some relationships are able to be a little bit more direct than others. You'll know this based off of how well you know your co-hosts or the people you're working with on the show. And some people, like me, are a little more sensitive. And so whenever SP reaches out to me and he's like, Stephen, I really need you to wear a shirt when we're recording this show. He's got to be delicate when he talks to me. Delicate and you are two different things. I, I, just, I don't want to go into that right now. <laughs> However, this can also help you frame the conversation. For example, if you happen to be in a high-paced business environment, a lot of times there's not time enough for the ton of formalities that are required to soft touch a conversation with somebody. And it's not personal. It's just business. You learn to live with it and you move on. Uh, for something like a close friend or a family member, you may want to prioritize those relationships above your podcasting and make the time to do it in a venue that allows you to take some time with the conversation. But it's not always just about the personal side of things. You might also want to consider the business ends of things. For example, we've often talked about agreements that you should be making when you start your podcast. If any of these agreements were signed or made when the show was launched, they may come into play in these difficult scenarios. Some podcasting agreements with co-hosts do have clauses in them about how disagreements will be adjudicated. So if there is a written agreement on the commitments or other factors that affect the conversation that you're about to have, you need to reference those documents. In a worst case scenario, who has the ultimate say? You might be in a true partnership, kind of like what Stephen and I are in, but odds are if you're co-hosting with somebody else, the producer probably has more of a say than somebody else. But if that's not written out in or agreed upon in advance, then you have another conversation or disagreement that you're going to have to worry about. And as you go into these conversations, you should also consider your personal mental state. Are you having a bad day or maybe a bad week? Did you just get laid off of work? Are the kids pushing every single button that you have by fighting all day in the middle of summer break, then breaking things in your house, having temper tantrums when you tell them that they're grounded, which results in a house full of screaming and you not being able to make better podcasting show notes, get ready. Sorry, I, th I think I might have digressed there. I, I, I think that went a little bit TMI there. <gasps> but maybe... You're having one of those days or one of those weeks, and that could also affect the conversation. Basically, what we're trying to say is that sometimes these negative things in your life can affect how you're seeing things. And maybe the issue that you want to discuss with your partners or partner in crime might not actually be that big of an issue. And maybe it's just something you are perceiving that way because of external circumstances. But on the flip side, you might want to consider if this is something that has been going on for a while, because that sort of alleviates that factor. If it has been going on for a little while, you know it's not just a bad day or a bad week. And unless it's something drastic, sometimes it's worth letting that thing go on for a little bit because it can sometimes fix itself just by 
giving it another week or giving it another two weeks, your co-host or your people you're working with might pick up on the issue themselves and address it, and it saves you that whole uncomfortable conversation. Again, unless it's something drastic. There are some things that you need to address right there and then. The last consideration we wanted to mention as you go into these difficult situations is to have a little bit of self-reflection on whether you're actually qualified to have these conversations. Now, while some things are just going to be obvious, like maybe your co-host is sitting two feet away from the Blue Yeti while recording in the middle of their bathtub, for other situations, you may find there being a list, little less clear-cut situations. So what exactly is it that makes your take or handling the situation more valid than theirs? We're not saying it's not, but you should be able to answer that question before you have these difficult discussions. And if you can't, it might be one of those times to wait just a little bit longer so that you can clearly address the situation from both sides. So now let's talk a little bit about some common scenarios that we've seen come up across the podcasting world that can be a little more difficult to address. And as we go through this, we're going to go ahead and try to share some of our personal stories that maybe we've had along the way. And these are things that SP and I both have noticed from years of podcasting, as well as things that we've seen over on places like Reddit and other places that we've had with conversations and seeing conversations with people having difficult scenarios. And the first one that we want to talk about is actually one that we've mentioned quite a few times during the How I Could Have Saved My Podcast segment. It's about someone or individuals not necessarily doing the most with the prep work. Usually, this is a situation where people are feeling that there's either one co-host or one person not doing their fair share of prep for the show. Some indications that this might be happening is if you're finding yourself exhausted from doing the majority of the work on the show, or you're consistently having to make last-minute changes to the format of the episode or the content in the episode because people aren't meeting their deadlines, or maybe you've even have, had to completely change the plans for your show for an episode because someone didn't commit to what they said they were going to do, which was a critical part of the show. This is all things that can weigh on your ability to have fun with your podcast, and if you don't address them, it'll probably lead to its ultimate demise. In this sort of situations, one of the best approaches that you can start off with is taking sort of a personal approach to see if there's something that's come up that's impacted that individual's personal life. Perhaps they've started to take on a second job, or maybe it's not them. Maybe they have a spouse that's taken on a job, and now that individual is trying to find a different family balance as they watch their kids or have some other impact as they balance that life. Maybe they started to take on some part-time classes, or maybe they're just not as interested in the topic as they once were. No matter what the personal reason is, if there is a personal factor that's causing them not to be able to deal with those deadlines and do that prep work, the reality is if you're not aware of what that something is, you can't come up with the solution. I'll give you a bit of an example of this. I once had a co-host on a different podcast that was going through a divorce. It caused them to not be able to prep to the extent that they used to do for the show. Ultimately, in this situation, because as you might imagine, going through a divorce, there's a lot of personal life upheaval. Uh, what's the word? Upheaval? Upheaval? We'll, we'll say it's an upheaval. Uh, they were had to go ahead and figure out these nuances in their personal life before they could commit to actually being able to put the effort into the prep work for our little fun podcast. The individual had to find the balance of their personal life and podcast life. For example, what week did they have the kids on? That obviously impacted their ability to podcast as well. So we kind of had to look at that and address sort of how that piece of the puzzle fit into the podcast puzzle in order to be able to move forward and get things back to where they were. But once you thought through all that, or maybe you had nothing to do with what else are you going to do, basically, uh, we'll, we'd suggest taking a few episodes to keep track of the way it's impacted your show. This isn't so that you can create a disciplinary list or anything. You're not trying to hammer your co-host, but it's so you can make sure it is as unbalanced as you feel it is. Putting it in black and white text or on your computer screen in whatever font it is and color it is helps you see how much each of you are doing in each episode. Perhaps there's something that they're doing that you 
completely forgot about. Maybe they're doing a bunch of promotion that is actually running all the way up to when you're recording again the next time. So the prep work actually falls on you instead. And you're getting additional listeners from all the promotion that they're doing. So it's being effective. But it also helps you to be prepared to have that conversation. Now, if you're friendly with the people you podcast with, the odds are they aren't actively trying to hose you on the prep. They just might not realize how much work you're doing and how much of their lack of preparation is affecting you. So having this list on hand of who's doing what is a great tool so that you can better articulate the way they have affected you. And you should also take some time to consider this list before you go into the conversation. What are the key points is it that you want to make? You just don't want to go down the list of what you're doing and what they're doing. What's the point? But are you also ready to discuss what you can do for solutions or resolution to the issue for those issues that you are having problems with? Simply spouting a laundry list won't help you get their buy, get their buy-in to do more work. Prep is hard work and you need to be solution driven if you want to have any chance of getting your co-host to do more work in the preparation of the show. The next thing that we want to talk about is another challenging situation, and it's microphone technique. And we've actually talked about this a bit on the show before. Now, although we're lucky enough to meet all sorts of people through Better Podcasting who are trying to make their microphone technique better, the reality is that there's a lot of budding podcasters out there who just don't know about making their microphone technique better, or maybe they just don't care. And if you are trying to make your microphone technique and the technique in your show sound better, what are some of the things that you can do here? Well, the first thing that you should try to do if you're trying to make someone that you uh, podcast with have better mic technique is check to see if there's actually room for improvement with their setup. Is this a situation where they're actually sitting quite a bit away from their microphone or is their microphone just that bad? There's a lot of bad microphones out there, and we're not just talking like bad for the environment. We're saying there are trash microphones out there, and you're not going to polish a turd, unless you're Mythbusters, of course. So if there is room for improvement, you should try to first identify some of that low-hanging fruit that you can work on. The easiest things should be addressed first, like them moving closer to their microphone if that's what's causing problems. But how do you get them interested in fixing the audio SP? Well, first, if somebody else has noticed and has commented, share that information and share it delicately. Don't like hit them with a freight train with it. If it's as far as listeners noticing, your co-host should know it's impacting the public image of your show. So pass that information along. Often, this just isn't the case. A lot of listeners don't care exactly what the sound is. If they don't like the sound, usually they just leave and they don't tell you about it. So what you might want to do is open a conversation about the techniques and reasons you're wanting to have it change. Is it so it balances better between all of the speakers on the show? Is it so that it causes you less editing or are you losing some of what you're saying? True story. I've actually gone through all of this with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point in time, especially early on in the podcast. We're all learning how to podcast. So microphone technique, we just didn't know about and it made it better and then basically being able to tell them how it was affecting me in editing and it really came through when i started to capture the editing sessions and i was just explaining to them this is what you're doing on the microphone and it's causing me this and multiply that 50 times over the course of an hour show so that means my editing increases by like two or three hours and that's two or three hours of my time you don't see it because we don't live together, we're not even in the same state, in some cases not even the same country, but you don't see me taking my extra time to do that. This is me showing you how that is. And then they got it, and then it actually enticed them to change, which is great. But whatever the reasons is, you should communicate it. So if I had internalized all that information and not communicated it with my Legends of Shield host, no changes would have made. We wouldn't have gotten better. I would have gotten increasingly frustrated. The production times would have gotten longer. We would have pod faded by now. So be willing to dedicate some time to work with your co-hosts on it. Uh, do you have any demonstrations, examples that you can share? Just like I was talking about with the editing 
captures. Perhaps some uh, demo videos to show the difference will work, right? Maybe be ready to demonstrate a couple examples yourself. And I remember doing this and it was microphone technique. Make sure you have your microphone at a 45 degree angle. That decreases the plosive possibility. Make sure you're at least four to six inches away from the microphone. You don't want to be too far away, but you don't want to be right up on it either. So those sorts of demonstrations, which you can do over a camera, over a Skype call, or if you have Zoom or any of the other services that are out there, as long as they can see you, Squadcast now has a video, as long as they can see you doing the demonstrations, it would be good. And if you're podcasting in person, that's even better because you can show them real time what's going on. Anything you can do to help showcase how with a few simple steps, your podcast quality can improve and can help get their buy-in. It's great. Kind of going back to that whole first thing that we mentioned with prep is that your hosts don't want to hose you. They really don't. They are obviously doing it for fun like you are. And so they probably want to make sure that you are having fun. And a bit of a story that I have to share is very similar to the one that SP just said, except my co-host that I was working with was using a condenser microphone and refused to leave the condenser microphone alone. And if it had been now, I probably would have found that money to send him an ATR 2100 or a Q2U. But that was not the case then. And they were really, really having troubles trying to bring that thing close to them. And so there ended up being a lot of audio echo as such excessively compared to how it could have been dialed in. And I just couldn't get them to change it. So what did I do? Well, we were connected by video before our shows. And I ended up, before we actually recording, went through and had a bit of a conversation with him. I explained that I was hearing some echo. And I pulled up Audacity very quickly. And as they were speaking, just some little pre-show chatter, I recorded it. And I played it back so that they could hear the echo. And then I said, okay, can you try to move a little closer to that microphone? And what did I do? I recorded that. And I played that back. And they heard the difference and they were mind blown by the difference by pulling that microphone a little bit closer to them. And just hearing those differences made them start to remember it. And yes, it took a few shows of reminding saying, hey, is that mic still near you? Before they actually set in every single week and remembered to pull that closer. But just showing that back. And it wasn't like a very long demo. It was just a matter of recording what we were talking about and playing it back made all the difference in the world. Because again, odds are the people you're podcasting with don't want to hose you. So leaving that behind, the next thing that we want to talk about is similar to the first, but sometimes deserves its own unique strategy. And that's dealing with timeliness or scheduling issues. If you take this idea and listen back to our prep point, you'll see a lot of the things that apply, like conversing about how it impacts you. So we won't go over all those points again, but definitely consider these points as an approach to this particular situation of scheduling and timeliness. More specific, though, one way you can handle this situation when somebody is not making it easy to record or schedule recording. Explore the reasons that they're having challenges and then try to see if you can work around it. Ask them if you can go ahead and find an alternative time that works. However, sometimes you're not going to be able to work around uh, that or find a day that alleviates the issue. Sometimes people are just flaky or sometimes they're just busy. If you need to record on a day where it's not normally your recording day, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. just explored this issue with our special episode on Spider-Man Far From Home. There was no way that we were going to get all four of us to record on a day that was not Sunday. So we just went ahead and recorded with whoever we could get on a given day. That is also a solution to the problem, not desired, but we got the episode out for our listeners anyway. Sometimes one of the best ways is to just take further specific action. For example, doing the show without the person like we kind of we're forced to do with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. or canceling the episode altogether. If you have to skip a week, you have to skip a week. It's okay, especially if you're a hobby podcast. You don't have to go every week. If you don't have contracts saying that you have to go every week, if you don't have those advertisers, if you don't have those sponsors, then take the time to just take the week off. I guarantee your listeners will understand. So this allows you to illustrate that you're not going to keep catering to the tardiness too, as well. I mean, if they really want a podcast, but they just want to do it on their time, you're like, no, we, we're a group here. We all have to agree on the same time. So if you skip a week, maybe that sends the signal to them that eh, it's not all about you all the time. 
And usually this is an action that's best taken after having a conversation with the individuals. And if you communicated clearly that you're going to be going at whatever time it is that you're going, say X PM or X AM on whatever day of the week with whoever is then there, then it's a little bit less cold. And like I said, that's how we were forced to deal with the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode on Spider-Man Far From Home. It wasn't adversarial. It was simply us trying to work around the issue and say, here, we need to go at such and such a time. However, if you're having continual issues and you're having co-hosts that are not willing to work with you, then that's another conversation altogether. I was just giving you a recent example that I ran into. Yeah, and just to sort of illustrate as well, if you are doing this with multiple people, like you're doing a podcast with several, and you might have a little bit more leeway to be able to do that last part that SP said. And and again, that can kind of send the message where like, let's say that you're doing a podcast to four people and one person is constantly flaky and you go, well, we're going to do this on Tuesdays at six o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And you you make that agreement as a group and, and you make it very clear and you clearly communicate we're going at six o'clock PM. Anybody that's not here, we will not be connecting after because we got to start. And you do that after a couple of times, they'll either decide not to do the show anymore, which is fair enough, or they'll decide that they want to go ahead and keep doing it. So sometimes it is worth just being uh, coming to a consensus as a group as a time that works and going whether or not everybody's there. In summary, no matter what the situation is, you need to find the right balance of conversation, action, direct re- requests other conversations, and problem solving. It's always good to have supporting reasoning and examples to help illustrate your point and the basis for that discussion. You don't want them thinking that you're having one of those bad weeks and that it's a non-issue, so that can definitely help that. But it's good to think things through ahead of time, including the impact on your relationships that are at stake. These are all things to consider as you approach these difficult situations, and every single situation is different with every single person. Have you ever had a difficult situation that you had to handle to do with your podcast? How did that go? And if you're willing to tell us, what was that situation? We would love you to share that with us. You can go ahead and email us, podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can tweet us at betterpod, or come on by our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download. So this week, a few things actually happened, and we're going to talk about three things in particular that apply to hobby podcasters. The first of which was an article which came up in a Squadcast announcement, which we're going to talk about in a second, but it was a joint USC, so that's University of Southern California, and the Australian National University study, which was about the quality of audio influences and uh, the quality of audio influences whether you believe what you hear. So basically, it's a new study by USC and Australian National University that went into different qualities of audio and whether people started to believe what was being said or not. And they did a couple of different tests. I won't go into the specifics. You can find this article out there <laughs> on Squadcast, basically. And it was saying that as you degrade, you took the same video, same audio, and then you applied it to a control group and you applied it to a test group and you were saying, which one do you believe better? They came up with the poor audio quality was less believable. So as hobby podcasters, to cut to the chase here, you have to up your audio quality so that it is listenable and it is not distracting. If it is distracting in any way to the listener, they're going to not believe you. And this is scientifically proven by a couple of different universities. Apparently, there's been a lot of studies on this. I did not have time to go into the scientific journals and look at the uh, believability of issues. A lot of this is being done because of the whole fake news in modern media these these days, but you have to apply it to podcasts as well and say, if you don't have listenable audio quality, you might not be that appealing to the listening audience. Scientifically proven, this is not just saying, oh, it's okay to have a large distracting noise behind you. Just get it out and it doesn't matter. Well, in the 
grand scheme of things, apparently scientifically, it does matter. Steven, did you take a look at this at all? I did. And one of the first things that kind of came to my mind is, is the YouTube world and I'll go and say the vlog world. Like if you think back to some of the videos that you've seen shared on the internet and, and you've seen somebody putting a hypothesis out there or a theory, like think about pop, even from a pop culture perspective. Let's give an example there. Uh, there's a new Star Trek series coming out called Picard and a trailer just dropped last week and there's all sorts of speculation happening. And when you go and you see some of the videos that are often being shared about the speculation, they're people that have a half decent microphone in front of them. They look well lit. Maybe they've got a little illumination in their background. They have a little bit of production value. Why are these videos being shared? Because they seem like they are an authority of some form on it, but they're not. They have nothing to do with the production. They're just as much speculating as you and Bob or you and Jane or whoever. It's it's all speculation. But the ones that are commonly being shared, and this happens all the time with anything new, is the people who make decent videos as opposed to the person that's sitting there recording on their phone in their bathroom or whatever. You just lose that sort of credibility there when you see that. And so it completely makes sense when it comes to podcasting. And it sort of is in line with what we've talked about, how you have all this big money and these companies that own great audio studios and things like that because they've been in radio or traditional broadcast and whatnot. And now they're coming into podcasting world. Well, they have all of this good sounding hardware. And here you are sitting on your near NW 700 halfway across the room. You, you don't stand a chance at sounding as credible as they do. Even if you have way better content, just because the first listener is going to go, wow, listen to that person. So I think that this is a great study and I'm really glad that you found it. And we'll make sure that you can check that out in the show notes at betterpodcasting.com slash 191. And I'll also go ahead and say, we might address this a little bit later, but I'm sorry if we're a little less credible this week than we were last week. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a second. So Squadcast did announce their version two of Squadcast.fm. This is an update from Better Podcasting number 187, which we titled Online Audio Recording Service Roundup. And Squadcast was one of the services that we went into. Squadcast version two came out via a press release on July 22nd, 2019. And its main changes, according to their press release, include recording high quality audio for professional podcasters and their guests mobile and cross-browser support, flexible pricing with hourly and monthly options, and more information can be found on the Squadcast website. So really three main things there. Let's start with the first one, recording high-quality audio. I don't. I was looking and I didn't see any definitive information on the change of the quality of the calls. I'm going to assume it's at least as good quality as was before, which was actually pretty good quality. And if they've increased it so much, the better. The browser support is interesting. So you can get to Squadcast via just about any browser out there, except I believe Safari right now is coming in the future. It's just not there right now. And then you have mobile support uh, full support on Android for Chrome and Firefox and iOS support is coming later this year. This is all important because one of the reasons to use Squadcast is to connect with guests that doesn't have any recording equipment. So if they're accessible into it through their mobile browsers or their PC browsers, then you're going to have them set because everybody has some kind of a device. It just depends on what kind of device it is or access to a device. So if you can get them on a device, get them in the Squadcast, then you can go ahead and get the highest quality audio that you can possibly get. The other thing is they're touting flexible pricing with hourly and monthly options. Basically, if you just need like one hour of an interview recorded, there is a pricing set for that. If you want to do monthly, there is pricing set for that. And I believe there's an annual subscription, which also takes down the cost a couple of months there. So uh, V2... The other main thing that's big is they now have full screen video support. So before when you were using Squadcast, it was these little bitty video things and it was difficult to see it. And if you're trying to do a video capture, there's no way in heck that you're going to be able to do that video capture with it. Now there is a possibility that you can do both. So you would have to use third party uh, software like OBS or XSplit or VMix or 
Wirecast or something like that in order to capture the video uh, because right now it is just audio. But Squadcast, I've listened to a couple of interviews that they did. They are on the cusp of improving even more. They just didn't put this out and party. Uh, I think they had one night above party, but then they, they got back to work the very next day that they said, and they are now looking at transcripts, maybe video captures, you know, stuff that podcasters really want or webcasters really want these days. So if you want to hang your hat on something that's continually improving Squadcast might be the option for you. Just wanted to give an update on that since just four weeks ago, we talked about all of the audio capturing programs that were available to us. Now, the last one I'm going to leave for uh, Steven here, and it's about the Apple podcast categories. Yeah, they're they're live. They're live. We talked about this before that uh, back at WWDC 2019, Apple decided to flex that muscle, change those podcast categories is what they said. And they went, we're going to go ahead and make it. So you got to rethink yourself. And not necessarily for the for the bad either, but uh, they have put them live. They are live. And if you want to know more about this email, well, if you do have an Apple podcast account, you should probably search your email because it should be in there. But the big point that I wanted to read was to say, as a reminder, you can now either manually update your RSS feed or work with your hosting provider to modify the category selections for existing shows. So if you have not done so already, Please search if you're using a podcast media host for an email from them. Most of the ones that we recommend have sent out an email over the last week. I I know we've seen them get posted in our Discord from several different people about that, including also the people who make PowerPress. They did also update things as well. So if you do use PowerPress, check that out. Uh, We're also really, really, really happy to say that if you have used the version of FeedBurner that actually allows you to go and modify RSS feed things, and it's not just an exact clone of your RSS feed, but it allows you to actually go in, and um, I forget what the the option is, where it actually allows you to change certain variables in there on the FeedBurner side of things. We are so happy to tell... Oh, sorry, we're not happy to tell you anything. We're, <laughs> we're, we're disappointed to tell you that... Uh, you can't, you can't fix it on FeedBurner. So if you're using the FeedBurner version that actually mirrors it, just a day, it'll pull over from whatever it is you're using with, uh, the media host, but it, or wherever you've got your primary feed. But if you're using the enhanced elements, there's a name for it. I don't remember what it is because we don't recommend you use FeedBurner, your host. The other thing to get out of this whole thing is if you're using a podcast media host service that will not upgrade or update the iTunes categories, you need to leave. I mean, if they're not going to do this, you need to leave. And SoundCloud, I'm looking at you specifically not to say that you're not going to do this, but if you don't do this, you and we have listeners that are on SoundCloud, you need to look at somewhere else now. It's just as bad as FeedBurner. You're no longer compliant with the way Apple Podcasts does things. Apple Podcasts has said that they won't kick anybody out for now, but that's not saying six months from now, they won't be like, okay, you haven't changed things. They might send out several emails saying you need to change things. You need to change things. And there might be a final email that says, if you don't change something by such and such a date, we are going to kick your podcast out. If you have the old iTunes categories or the other converse thing is they'll just keep you in, but you won't be listed in any of the categories and that will be bad for discoverability. So I, you're not, in a podcast media host service that does not update to these eventually. And by eventually, I mean like a month, right? Because these are live now. So you need to then explore different options of transferring your RSS feed to another podcast media host, any podcast media host that has the correct iTunes categories. We do have our preferences on which ones you can ask us if you want to, but Right now, I'm just saying, if you're on any podcast media hosting service by, we'll just say 1 October 2019 that has not upgraded their podcast categories in the RSS feed, you need to move. Let's go ahead and move on to our better pod back because we're starting to run a little bit late and SP is like Squadcast. He charges me by the hour.
his fee is very expensive. Very, very expensive. We had a pleasant surprise as I was in the gym today and I knew we were recording. I went into Apple Podcasts on my phone and I looked up Better Podcasting and I saw a new review there. So thank you very much, Planet Tylo. And the review goes as follows. Listen before you start a podcast. Five stars. Quote, if you are thinking of starting your first hobby podcast, do nothing until you listen to these guys. Nothing. Start with episode one and listen through at least episode 24. Then listen to those episodes again. After that, you can skip ahead. You'll learn how to avoid making mistakes that far too many starting podcasters make. You will thank these guys later, unquote. I want to thank Planet Tylo very much. Hey, Eric, he's been emailing us. Eric, thank you very much for putting that review in. We really appreciate it. I actually, after the week we had, it made my week. I don't know if it made Steven's week or not, but it definitely made my week. No, totally. It was it was great and uh, definitely has been a very, very challenging week for the audio listeners. I'm I'm gripping my old motherboard ready to snap it in half. So once again, if you do leave a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes for us, that's great. We will read it on the show. If you do have a podcast, give us the name of your podcast and we will read that on the show as well to promote your podcast because we are a community resource and we want to promote your show as much as we want to talk about how to make your show better. There was also an interesting message that we had in our Discord server SP. This was from a from from somebody from where were they from? From New Zealand, is it? Uh, is that where they're from? Is that, is that? I, I thought it was Antarctica. Oh, it might be Antarctica. I, I don't remember. Josh Liston, he's from somewhere, and uh, Josh Liston said, "Have you?" He's from Australia. Said, "Have you guys ever given up on a show? Brackets a show you really like and bracket because the hosts and their guests have terrible sound." My favorite music biz podcast allows their guests to come with near unlistenable sound to the point where if you're not 100% focused in on their voice, you can't even understand what they are saying. The host of this particular show is known to be very aggressive and dismissive of companies about the sound of their show. So do I even bother reaching out to them to encourage them to lift their game? This is a really good question because it's something you should always consider because you're obviously making a podcast for yourself, but you're also making it for someone else. And what is their impression of you? Are they having the same experience that Josh here has? And we, it was just posted today, so we don't have a lot of responses, but I wanted to bring it up in the, in the better podback section because I think it's really worth considering as you create your show and think about the impact you make for others and Waffles actually responded saying, I've left over content, over host actions, over time I had available. Because it just goes to show people don't have all the time in the world. And this is something that you should consider as you go through your show is people only have a certain amount of time and something like bad audio quality, just being rude, it, it can definitely drive people away. I don't know if I've ever listened to a podcast that had good audio quality and then I've left because they transitioned to bad audio quality. I know I've left podcasts because I don't like the content anymore, whether they changed their content or I just grew to dislike it over time. And I definitely not subscribed to podcasts because bad audio quality. We review a lot of podcasts. We talked about it before for the geek.com network as shows apply. And if there's bad audio quality, unless there is some mitigating factor, if I get five minutes into it, that is a long time to go through bad audio for me. So usually within a couple of minutes, I'm out and I just don't listen to your show. If you have bad audio quality. Now, Josh is talking about a specific instance where it's, it was, I'm assuming good audio quality and it's gone to bad audio quality. I can't think of any examples for that because usually audio quality improves, but our listeners, if you happen to have experienced that situation, leave a comment in the discord or message us and we'll talk about it on a future episode of the show. It's an interesting conundrum. We also had Newsreel ask an interesting question. And Newsreel said, is it bad that it's taken me less than 30 minutes to edit my podcast? And you know what? I will say, no, it's not. It's not bad. Um, you need to be happy with the product that you're releasing. And some shows edit a heck of a lot better than others. Tonight's show will be one of the ones that I added a little bit more um, than other ones. But uh, that is something that you need to be comfortable with the show that you're putting out. 
And if you're comfortable with that and you think that it's a great product and a product that suits your niche, no, it's not bad. Not bad at all. And I will say that there's a lot of people who should ask the opposite question. Is it bad that it took me five days to edit this? If it's a 30-minute show, yeah, it might be bad if you're not just starting out. You might be going a little extreme. So I think that that question can be asked at both ends of the spectrum. There was another response from Waffles, and he said maybe you just had a really good recording session, and that's basically what Stephen just said. And yes, I agree. If you have a really good recording session, it's not going to take you long to edit. First of all, you can go faster usually because you're not really looking for those audio mistakes or content mistakes along the way. And then if you get done, you get done early, go have a root beer or something afterwards and enjoy your time because you've earned it because you've done your proper preparation. You got great sound and you were able to do a fantastic recording. Now that's going to go ahead and take us to the end of the show. Before we go, for those of you audio listeners that are not watching the video side of things, things might be a little bit different today and I'll turn it over to SP because I'll give him full credit that uh, made this happen. SP, why, why are things different? Things are different because, as I alluded to, I believe at the end of the last show, we actually have Rode Pod mics. We both have them. We're both using them. We both plugged them in right before the show. We did no changes to our setup. I mean, I'm using my same DBX settings. I think Steven's using his same DBX settings, although I think you had to increase your preamp gain because the, you run the BP40 less than what you needed for the Rode Pod mic. I did not change anything, so it's very equivalent in the gain needed for an RE320, at least what we're seeing right now. Uh, we both noticed different quirks with the microphones when we put it in. We know that it is a $99 microphone. I mean, MSRP is 150, but it's a $99 US microphone. And so we were curious as to how it would sound. I'm not gonna say it sounds bad. No, It's not, after podcasting for like 10 years, and I think I'm at eight or nine years, yeah, I'm at nine years, that I want better quality out of my stuff, and that's why I went ahead and got a several microphones like the ElectroVoice RE320, which I'm holding in my hands right now for the uh, audio listener. It has not gone anywhere. It's sitting right at my desk. I like it very much. But we <laughs> wanted to try the Rode Pod mic because uh, if it is a viable option for new podcasters, $99 is a great price point. I Steven, you saw it available in Canada. What was the price point you saw it on the shelves? I think for a while it was on sale for about a hundred bucks Canadian. And keep in mind that's Canadian and the Canadian dollar is worse. I think it's regularly $129. Um, okay. I, I have to say that, by the way, to clarify for anybody who has heard me talk about that, currently I do not see it available in Canada. It, it was for a long time. There were several different places that I could buy it at. Um but uh, yeah, now it looks like it's sold out everywhere as well. And it looks like it is regularly in Canada for 129. And I think for a while it was at 109 or 99. Um, there was a little, I think, a, a pre-sale or, a, you know, launch sale sort of deal going on. But um, it's still great. You know, like that's a low price point. And I agree with what you say. It's, it's not bad from what I'm hearing. Obviously, I still have to edit this, you know, do my post-production things. I will say I think it's better than I thought it was going to be in some regards, mm -hmm. but uh, as I've done this entire hour show today, I, I've been all over the place. My needle's been going back and forth between I like that, I don't like that, and uh, I might run it a little bit longer, maybe not on this show, maybe on this show, and, and just get to know it. I like to get to know microphones and smell them and taste them and, and, and eat them. I mean... And clean them. Clean them, yes, you know. <laughs> That's a joke. If you've not seen me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Stephen John, occasionally you'll see me licking a piece of hardware. Or it looks, it appears like he's <laughs> licking a piece of hardware. So yeah, for $99 US, this if you're in that price point, I think this is a real possibility. Just know that your voice is going to change when you upgrade your equipment, if you ever do, to better stuff. And that there are quirks for this that we'll talk about in future episodes. Obviously, there's no pop filter that we're running on either of these microphones. There is no windscreen on either of these microphones. It's just talk, us talking into the microphone. I, I will say that the windscreen internally, and I have not taken this thing apart. I don't think I will. It's got to be a lot more foam in there than you would find like in an SM58 or an SE Electronics V7 or a ATR2100 or a Samsung QTU. So that additional internal foam might be acting as a windscreen. But 
I don't know. I know this sounds, but for the sub two hundred dollar large diaphragm microphones, this sounds the best uh, of that I've heard, and we've heard a bunch. We've heard the Heil PR seven eighty one, the Art D seven, the what is it was some D two. I can't remember the the brand on that, but so yeah. we've explored the sub two hundred large diaphragm market. We weren't liking any of them and uh, we've stated that before uh, the minimum microphone that we would recommend would be the Rode Procaster and this is now the Rode Pod mic we'll 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 see long term here but if you're listening to this and you're like SP sounds a little different Steven sounds a little different it's because we're using the Pod mic so you are hearing full EQ what differences there might be from our regular microphones so on that note, for episode 191 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying somehow Josh Liston got me to use another piece of Australian microphone gear. And I'm SP saying that wing dinger of a show will be coming in a couple weeks. We do have a nice show planned for next week, though, too. So stay tuned. We'll see you next week, guys. See you in two weeks. Bye. Tune too. He's one week. for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.